Welcome to the Forging Honor Podcast. I'm Jonathan George. And I'm Benjamin Jones. Here at The Forge, we explore what it means to live as Christian men. Along the way, we'll be doing weekly challenges to build character through action. We are by no means experts, just two young Christian men trying to make sense of a wild world. That's right. We're doing our best to learn and hope you'll join us on the journey. And if you want to get directly involved, go to forginghonor.com to find information on how to join our community. This is episode 19, In Cold Blood. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'm glad you remember the title because I forgot to write it in the show notes, which is... That's what you keep me for, is the Yeah, memory. you've got the memory. Memory of a steel trap. Uh, at any rate, challenge wrap-up time. As a reminder, challenges last for 10 days. That's Monday through Friday for two weeks. Uh, they are simple daily tasks to grow us as men. This previous challenge was get your whole body into some cold water at least once a day. That could be a shower. That could be a bath. That could be get in a really cold creek. Uh, all of the above were great. Um, I did terribly on this challenge. I have my excuses, but you know, excuses are, are never good. Um, I did terribly. I think I did three or four days. Um, can we get a, uh, Elliot, can we get a, my word. Um, anyway, it was not great. I did get sick halfway through. Oh, why I kind of put the kibosh on it for a moment. Um, pneumonia. No, no, no. Anyway, how did you do banjo? I did pretty good. Uh, this was not, I did not like this challenge. This was not fun. I, I do not enjoy cold water. Um, but I did it. I, I think I did it eight out of 10 days. I think I, maybe even nine, somebody can fact check me in the, in the, um, discord. Um, but yeah, it, this was not fun for me, but I think that was kind of the point. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I, I will say leading up to this challenge, I was on a solid two week streak of doing it. Yeah. Um, so I was already doing it prior to the challenge and it's something I took great value in and it's something I'm getting back into. Um, I, it's not, it's something I really disliked in college. So our coach would have us do it uh, maybe once or twice a week Wait. after practices. Cold, cold showers, not the cold showers, the ice baths. Oh, the ice getting baths. in the cold oh. water. Like I, I yeah, was yeah. in the, in, no, the, in that general it. realm and, and there could be a discussion cause I did, I did some cold showers. I also did some like lie down and cold water. And mm -hmm. I think there's a, I think there is a difference. I don't know. I mean, there's, or there is definitely a difference, but I don't know how significant that difference is. Um, at any rate, so getting into cold water, not my favorite thing until recently. It's something I just suddenly started wanting to do. Really weird, right? Like um, an urge or like, you're like, oh, like, I, I'm thinking about this. I'm going to do it. Well, it was, it was a combination of things. One, it was a really hot day and I just got on a run and I was like, man, I need to get in some cold water. Uh, Plus, I knew that it's good for muscle recovery, um, kind of helping out with with that side of things after any kind of hard workouts. And I've been doing a lot of working out that week. Um, but then on top of it, uh, just kind of my mental state over the summer uh, has been in and out. You know, I've kind of been on a grind. Um, and I, I read somewhere about how these little micro stressors in your life are really good for that, really good for mental clarity. Um. So actually, you remember the challenge where we went outside in nature for like yeah. 15 minutes? Yep. That's when I started this because I went outside and I was looking at the creek. I was like, oh, I could lie down in my creek. It's coming out of out of a spring, so it's always cold year round. Well, it feels warm in the in the winter, to be honest. Really? Because relative to right, right, right. Anyway, so it's, it's cold enough though. 
Um, so I tried it and I remember stepping out and feeling like, cause I, I lay in there for like 10 minutes mm. I was stepping out and I felt like this weird, um, like buzz or chill over my whole yeah. body. Yeah. Um, and I was barefoot stepping on the grass. I don't know. It was just like this crazy moment of clarity. Like, wow, like everything's fine. I'm, but I am just human. Like, I don't know this weird place of knowing where you are in the universe. Oh yeah. No, I did when, when we were in college, I did the, the cryo chamber uh, thing. So for yeah, anyone yeah. who does, doesn't know, these things are, these are nuts. You, you go to this place, uh, and, uh, they have this, this room that's basically a, a, a deep freezer and, uh, you step in this little antechamber and the antechamber is 32 degrees and you sit in there for a minute and you let your body temperature cool down. And then you, there's this big steel door and you open it and you step into that and you're wearing like a little hat and a little mask and a little gloves and, and slippers. And then you're just in your shorts and you step into this place and it go, it is ice cold. It's like 300 degrees below zero, I think is what it was. Something insane like that. Is it, is it really? That's insane. Yeah, it's, I did it's not inc- know it was that cold. It's incredibly cold. Um, and then you're in there for about three minutes. Uh, and when you, when, when you get down to the end of that three minutes, uh, you, you have to, you have to pull this door open and it's really, it's pretty stressful actually. Cause if you touch it, you know, your arms are bare and if you touch, uh, your skin to the, to the frozen wall, it will immediately freeze and peel off of your body. Uh, if you're, if you're not careful. Okay. That sounds like you had to sign a waiver at least, right? I, like, you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was nuts. Um, there was, I did it one time with like six other guys, four or five other guys, maybe. And we were like, nobody get, nobody get near us. Nobody, nobody touch each other. Anyway, you open the door and you step out of the chamber and you walk out. And that is the closest to feeling like Superman that I've ever felt. I mean, it was just like, I stepped out of it and I was like, I think I can jump tall buildings right now. I, I think I might be faster than a speeding bullet. Yeah, it was, it was great. I haven't been uh, that cold of an experience, but I, I, I know what you're feeling in that moment of like, I, I guess for me, it was more of just this calm, like not so much like I can go conquer the world, but like I, I have clarity in what I need to do next. Yeah. Um, and so of course I was kind of chasing that feeling again, getting back in the water. Um, and you, it kind of hits to more or lesser of an extent, kind of depending on how cold of a day it is <clears throat> and how hard of a, a workout I had or, um, kind of where my mind is, but I think like, yeah, in the short experiment, uh, it, I really did notice significant differences on those days where I had done that. Yeah. And then, and it carried over to the next day cause I was usually, usually doing this in the afternoon. So it would carry over. I would wake up feeling motivated, ready to go. I, I don't really know exactly why I'd like to explore that. Um, but those are the results for me. It's something I really liked. How long were you in the water? I went 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. So you were, you were committed. You were, yes. you were in there. I did do a couple days of just like, okay, I don't really have time for that. The 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. So I'll do a cold shower instead. And so I'm only in that for, you know, three or four minutes, whatever it is. Uh, and I think there was definitely a difference due to time. I also think there was a difference with the water hitting you. Yeah. And with you standing there, you have, you, cause you're it's constantly, very stressful. You're, you're being constantly re-exposed to the air. Right. Yeah. And when you, once you're in a cold body of water, even if it's moving, it's going to be, um, 
like your your skin is not re- being re-exposed to the oxygen or the the air above that <clears throat> above yeah. that water as often. Yeah, and I think there's definitely a big difference there. Um, so it's almost almost more mentally challenging to do the shower for me. Yeah, no, I felt I felt the same way. So I remember this is hopefully my dad's not listening to this because this is going to embarrass him a little bit. I think, but it's funny enough, so I'm going to go with it. When I was a kid. I, you know, I like every child, I went through many phases of like wanting to be certain things. And there was about a month when I was like six or seven, where I was like, police officer, that is it locked in for sure. This time we're going to be a police officer. And my dad was like, oh, well, you know what they do in police training, right? And I was like, no, I'm six. What do I know about police training? Uh, and he was like, well, they do, they, you have to go in a room and there's two, they put tear gas in the room. And you have to, you have to be ready for the tear gas. You have to survive the tear gas. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds awful. He's like, yeah, uh, you're going to have to practice. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, what? we'll take, you, we'll take a cold shower. Uh, oh no. no, no, my dad is going to put, dude, he's yeah, going to be like, oh no, no, he's going to throw like something in your eyes. <laughs> no, he was like, you, you take a cold shower. And every time you're in the cold shower, you can practice like, you know, you just imagine it's like you're preparing for the tear gas. And I, I remember that really distinctly. It's an, it's a hundred percent possible that I just like dreamed it. You know, it's one of those like childhood memories that I have that it's like, did it really happen? Or am I just saying it happened? But I'm pretty sure it happened. Anyway, going back into it, I was thinking about that this week as I was doing it. Cause I did all showers except for one or two days I did, um, I did an ice bath for my my foot, um, dealing with a little little injury, and I was using that to to heal it. Um, but when I was in the shower, it was it was a mental exercise for me, because in my brain, as soon as I turn that lever, all the way over, and I feel the the shot of cold water, it's like I can immediately turn it back. Like as soon as I as soon as I feel it, I I can turn it back to to hot. You have the option. Yeah. 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 And it's all like mental strength to just be like, nope, we're holding it here. We're holding it here. We're holding it here. Uh, and to me, that's where a lot of the benefits came from was like, nope, I'm, I'm going to make this decision. Um, nobody's watching. Um, it's, it's up to me now. Um, but I usually came out of those showers feeling like I don't want to do that again. Totally. What's, what's weird about it for me is, is, you can have that experience with, say, running, right, or well, going yeah. to the gym, right? Because those are those are also physical stressors, to the point of where you build muscle by doing them, right? Yeah. Um, but there is something about willfully just exposing yourself to that cold that adds a different mental layer. Even though physically, I think it's easier for your body to actually handle that than, say, a run of several miles, right? Like in terms of just overall ability for. Like, like if you asked someone on the street to go run a marathon, like I, I couldn't do that right now. And a lot of folks couldn't do that right now, but ultimately almost every single person could withstand five minutes in some really cold water. Like, and they'd, they'd be fine. Right. Well, it's, it's one of the ways they test Physically. pain tolerance, you know, is, is they get a bucket of ice water. They see how long you can hold your hand in there. You know, that's like one of the, yeah, but like after like 30 seconds, ways. you go numb. Like it's just, no, no. Cause it's still, I mean, speaking from personal experience this week, I mean, I put my foot in the, in the ice water again 
and for the for the injury thing. And my brain was like, okay, don't worry. After minute three, you're going to go numb. And I think you do go more numb when it's like your full body because your actual core temperature is going it's down. It's very true. Yeah, the moment you get your neck, that's always the thing for me. If I can get my neck under, I can yeah. sit there for – I mean, it, you, it, it can get to a point of being too dangerous. Right. right. You don't want to be under for like more than 30 minutes. But, but I actually, think- don't take that as actual uh, advice, yeah. anybody. <laughs> I don't know the actual time. I know that I was fine for the 10 to 15 mark. I've never gone more than 15 minutes. So yeah, just know well, that. For me, when I had my foot in the water, I thought three minutes, I'll be fine. And then, you know, I can hang in there for the next seven. But it was incremental. It got worse and worse and worse. And I think that it was because I had the two different temperatures going on. Like part of my body is, is warm. Is that makes fine. some sense. The rest of my body is like, why are you doing this to me? This is ridiculous. Cut it out. So it sounds like you did not like this challenge. No, no. I mean, but to me, this is like, well, that's the point of it. You know, I mean, I'm a big fan of, of micro stress. Like I, I think that's really important. What what Uh, other micro stressors do you try to introduce in your life? I think exercise is one of them. Um, I think, um, the other one, sometimes it's not always physical. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's like, okay, I need to have this conversation now. That to me is a micro stressor. Uh, you know, it's not really like a big deal, but it's enough of a thing that it's like, oh, I don't want to do this. Even just stuff like I need to do the dishes, you know, to me, micro stress to some level is like, okay, recognize that you don't want to do something now go do it, you know? Well, there's, it's, it's not just that. Actually, I should back up. It is, I mean, it is that simple in the sense of like, yeah, something you don't want to do. But what is it about those particular stresses? Like even just doing a small thing like today. Yeah, I was kind of tired. I was like, I don't really do anything. Well, let me just go wash the dirty mugs. Yeah. And that'll get me started. And it did. Like, what is it about that? Why, why does a little thing like that? Why does something as simple as sitting in water for five minutes that's colder than you'd like it to be? Why does that work? Well, on the one level, you know, and I'm no scientist, so let's just get that out of the way now. Um, but one of the things is you get dopamine. You know, you set yourself a small task, you set yourself a small goal, you finish it, dopamine hit, right? That gets you in the place where you need to do more. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, and on some level, it's as simple as that. On another level, it's um, there's a great quote. Uh, I try to remember who said it. Um, I'm going to say it's Anne Lamott, but I don't think that's that's right. Anyway, whoever this person was, they said they were a writer and they were a good writer. And they said, um, I believe, you know, I can't write without being inspired. But I always seem to be inspired when I sit at my desk at 9.15 and work for 15 minutes, you know. And the point of it is like, yeah, you inspiration is part of art. But part of it is just showing up you know, and being in the place where you right. need to be and getting yourself in that habit. Um, and, you know, I think for us, you know, the whole idea of the podcast is we, we're trying to figure out what does it, what does it mean that we're Christian men, right? What, what do, you know, we've been given these limitations, so to speak, we've been given these boundaries, you know, you could say we've been given our poetic form um, and our, role is to figure out how to fill that form well to fill it uh, uh i don't know what the right word is 
dutifully, intelligently, with integrity. Um, and All so in of the or- above, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. In order to do that, I think it starts with the small things, you know, uh, it's the cleaning your room. It's the, it's the taking the, the cold shower. It's the doing the 15 pushups, you know, but I think you right, get in those, right. you get in those little habits and that sets you up for the big moment, you know, mm. it's like, it's like our parents always, you know, it's like my dad was not an NBA star or anything. Um, but I wanted to learn how to play basketball. And my dad would always say, Oh, you got to know, you got to learn the fundamentals. You got to learn the fundamentals. And I think he said it partly as a joke, but partly because it was true. Right. Like I'm never going to win the, I'm never going to play in the NBA, but I'm, I feel confident going into any pickup basketball game because I, I know the basics. Right. But you got to, you got to practice all of those, practice all of those. And Michael Jordan didn't necessarily like, it wasn't that he just walked onto the court. You know, and he was great. I mean, a little bit it was that, but he had natural talent, right? There's no denying, right? Anyone in the NBA has not na- has natural talent, right? An enormous amount of natural, but also talent. natural talent only goes so far, right? I don't know how far it could take you. Like, I don't know, top tier high school, good college. Like, at what point is that? You know, at some point, it runs out. Yeah, it you does. know, Has even to. just in terms of time. But it's like, you know, you're a father. You want to be a good father. Uh, I, I'm not a father. I would like to be a father maybe one day. Uh, but if we're going to if we're gonna be good at that, that's going to involve stressful things that we can't think of. You know, it's going to involve probably some, I mean, it's going to involve some great things we, we can imagine, some we can't. But it's going to involve some terrible things that we can't possibly imagine. And we've got to get ready for that. And how do we get ready for that? It's the, it's the Hydra, you know, it's the Hydra archetype, you know, there's, oh, there's no, here good... we go about archetypes. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Why Call I... yourself a teacher. All you have to do is say <laughs> uh, the word archetype and throw some Greek <laughs> thing out there and then boom, now you're, now you're knowledgeable about the subject. Let us turn in our textbooks to Aristotle. The archetype but of the archetype here, of, uh, the archetype of Spider-Man. Um, no, but but you have to get you have to get ready for that that next thing that's coming for you. And I think you do that by the little things. I don't know what what kind of micro stressors do you put into your into your day? Well, I mean, for being honest, I I have to be so intentional about it. Um, in the sense of like, I don't think about it like it's micro stressors, I guess I, but I'd have to be so intentional about it. Um, in the sense of the habits that I know are setting me, setting myself up for success. Right. Um, things like exercise, try to exercise first thing in the morning, but then, um, yeah, the, the ice bath at some opportunity, I really enjoy doing that at this point. Um, I think I think a big thing for me is getting over getting over the hump at some point in the day. Like it always happens. I can start the day very motivated, but most afternoons, usually after lunch, after a meal, there's this hump of like I don't want to do anything now. I'm done. Yep. I am so done for the day, even though I'm not. I've got hours left of work to get done, and I've got a family to take care of. You need a little siesta. So finding, I wish, finding the. Uh, like finding a task that is not a task 
that like directly affects my work or my family, I think is really what it is. Because it's like you said, the, the small achievable thing. So yeah. maybe it is doing dishes, which is helpful for the family, but maybe it's, okay, there's this, I don't know, thing I've been wanting to do uh, um, out in the, the shop or something. Maybe there's just go outside and move a few rocks around in this wall that needs repairing. Like just little things that don't really, like they're not going to have an effect on me today or tomorrow or even the next year. But it's it's a it's a small task that gets my brain back into the work mode. And then I'm like, okay, I can get back to work. I, I can be motivated to do it. Um, I don't know if that's if that's really what you're looking for here. I know that when it comes to those quote unquote micro stressors, I I feel like a lot of things are thrown at me throughout the day anyway, especially being a father. Yeah. Um and I don't think we need to necessarily obsess over like this is a micro stressor and I need to have these micro stressors in my life. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bathe in cold water five times a day so I can hit my right number of micro stressors. Right. No, you don't need to do that. But there's definitely a sense of challenging yourself. We live very soft lives. Yes. At the end of the day, we live very soft lives. Um, and the fact that we have that option as humans, we're gonna want to take that option. So I think it's more of of calling ourselves to be awake. That's yeah. what it is. It's There's not so a... much like I, I don't need to go out and be like Navy SEAL type crazy, whatever. But like yeah. something that keeps me awake in the day to day because it's very easy to go through life so passively, I think is something I'm realizing. Well, there's a great quote from uh, James Dickey who wrote the book Deliverance, if you've ever read that. Um, it's really good. I don't know if you'd like it, but it's really good. Um, but but uh, he's got this great quote where he says, the problem with living in America today is somebody can go their whole life without discovering if they're a coward. And I thought that, I think that's a great quote. You can go your whole life without knowing if whether or not you're a coward. Uh, that's very interesting. Cause we don't have, um, you know, we don't have a war to fight. You know, we don't have a battlefield that we're going to go into yet. Yeah, sure. Um, but that we know of, right. And it's not like we're out, you know, fighting in the streets for our food, um, or anything like that. You know, um, death is still a relatively rare thing. All things considered in the course of human history, at least for our, our age. Like we, yeah. we know we're going to face death, right? It's this very easy idea of like, oh, well, I don't oh, think we, I don't think we really do. Like, that's the thing. Really? I think at, at, I think at our age, I think you and me at our age mm -hmm. don't really, I mean, it's part of the thing. It never crosses I, your mind that you could just be taken out when, when you drive and do. No, I a hundred percent feel that, but it's not real. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when you're, yeah, I think this is fair. It's kind of like when you're 10, right? And somebody tells you, you know, someday the sun is going to burn out, right? Right. And, and right. you're like, yeah, I can see. And then for like two weeks, you're like, this is the most terrible thing in the, in the universe. It's going to happen. Yeah. How is anybody walking around right now? You know, like how is anybody living life knowing that the universe is just going to die someday, right? And then you realize that like it's a billion years and it's not going to happen while you're on the planet, you know? Right. So why care? So why care? And I think, I think death ends up being something similar, you know? Hmm. And I, I think that's in some ways it's always a temptation of man. Can I, can I, I mean, ask you a question on yeah. that front? 
Have yeah. you been to very many funerals? I've been to a, f- I mean, I wouldn't say I've been to a ton, but being a pastor's kid, I've been to a, a few, you know, maybe let's call it five or six. You ever been to a funeral for a, a close family member? Not necessarily um, immediate family, but like someone that you spent enough significant time with that like, I don't know, I a went, direct impact on you in that way. Yeah, no, not, not, not as such. I went to my great grandfather's funeral, uh, memorial service, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I've, I've, I've had people in my church who I was close to, uh, or, or knew well, I should say, who died. Older or younger? Older. Okay. Hmm. Never had anyone my age okay. die. Um, all that, of my there, there's all, a micro stressor. I, that's a that's a macro stressor, dude. That's that's like depending well, on the situation. That's tra- that's like trauma. Depending on the situation, I, okay. So only micro in the sense of like it's not a it's not physical, but it is very emotional and mental. And I think that's something, in my opinion, more people should be going to funerals. Funerals are happening all around us, right? Yeah. Um, and I've been to funerals for all ages, everything from a very young baby. Mm. Um, I should actually younger than that, a, a stillborn infant. Mm. Um, all the way up to um, very, very older gentlemen. You know, fought in World War II, lived a full life kind of guy. Uh, do you know the number of funerals that you've been to? Off the top of my head, no. I'd have to it'd take me a little bit, bit to count. But yeah. part of that is I come from a very large family, and our large family knows a lot of people. Yeah. Um, to like in the middle, like so, and then yeah, and, and everything in between, right? Been to, went to a funeral for um, someone my age. It was a tragic situation not going to go into it yeah but yeah folks all all runs the gamut right and i think that's something that has forced me to face that reality of like any moment like i could die and i yeah. think something that very much motivates me is like i don't know what's going to take me out but what happened what my first question is what happens when i die not yeah. in the sense of like what happens to me i know right. i know what's happening to me what happens to my son yeah after i die and i think that's a huge motivator and one, to make sure that the world that is left to those that are left behind is one where they're, they aren't having to stress about anything that I left behind or whatever. Like, but they're able to, they're able to handle it well. So like, I, th- I see a lot of motivation setting them up for that rather than even preparing for my own death. I, d- I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, uh, it's interesting because you know, uh, not, let me, let me back up. It's interesting because I, I feel like I grew up thinking about death a lot because of my allergies. So folks who don't know, oh yeah, yeah. I have, I have a couple of severe, uh, severe allergies, some dairy, some nuts and, and some different stuff and, um, anaphylactic, uh, kind of situation, um, have, have had those allergies since I was a couple of years old, year old, something like that. Um, and so it's, it's the kind of thing where it's grown up. It was like, well, don't, don't let Banjo have 
the ice cream because he's going to die. And at some point, you kind of put together like what the what does that mean? Like, oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be here. Like, I'm yeah. What does death mean? What what is this death thing? What are you talking about? Um, and and uh, you know, uh, praise the Lord, it never happened. Um, uh, but I think I yet. <laughs> Sorry, it's kind of morbid. Uh, uh, well, hey, when it comes, it comes, and yeah, that's it comes for us all, I guess. Um, but it's it's one of those things where I think about like, okay, so I go to somebody's house and I'm eating food, my mouth starts to itch. You know, is this it? Is this could be? This is how I die. Yeah, and Over I think here, it, at, at I don't this know family's house. Wait, it's more like this is the food. I'm, this really? I, it's, it couldn't even taste good. Uh, I was hoping, <laughs> My last meal had to be this soup that I like, even like. Yeah, it was like chicken broccoli, and they accidentally put cream in it. Yeah, I don't want to go out with that. It's like could um, it not have been a steak where they accidentally put butter on it. Like, come oh, on, man, that would have been good. Um, but yeah, so far so good. Anyway, but it's like I, I, you know, there's that there's that line in uh, in Hamilton. Where it's uh you know, um, see, I never thought I'd live past twenty. Where I come from, some get half as many. Um, and and I when I heard that, I was like, I don't know if I if I really thought I'd never live that long. But but I do remember getting to twenty one and getting married and being like, oh, I made it. Like, I crossed that line. I I wasn't sure if I was going to make it that far. Um, and now that I'm older. Uh, it's like, you know, 22, it's like, okay, what's next? Like I had, I hadn't really thought I was going to make it this far. What do I, what do I do with the time that I have left? You know, and I don't have a kid. So it's interesting because I don't, I don't really think about, um, you know, financially. You have a wife. I have a wife. Um, and, and so there is, there is that, but we're neither of us are alone in that sense. Right. Like, right, right. She has a family. You have a family. She has a yeah. family. I have, I have my family. Um, uh, we're both very young. If I, either one of us died, we, we, you know, we'd be able to make it. Um, right, right. You know, Lord willing, it doesn't happen, but, but that leaves me a certain amount of freedom to think about other things. And so the thing that I think about is, um, and this is funny because we've strayed far away from cold water. Um, we'll get back to it. Well, I find this more interesting and more pleasant um, than cold water. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so we do need to get back to the cold water. We need to keep you in the unpleasant territory. In, in, in the stress, yeah. Um, but I think about like what do I leave? What do I leave behind in a in a legacy sense? Like if like if I go out tomorrow, do do I get remembered? Do I have I done enough to to leave an impression, you know, and that's, it's a little bit more of an existential. Wait, so thing. you want to leave that impression? Yes. Huh. I don't, I don't want to be forgotten. That's one of my, it's one of my deep rings. It's, I mean, it just, it boggles my mind looking at the course of human history, right? If you, if you look over the course of human history, Billions and billions of people have lived on this planet. And 
there there is a certain number of people that their the course of their lives was so compelling that we remember them to this day thousands of years later see i bet they all took cold showers (laughs) (laughs) and i'm not you know it's it's like well you know that that sort of thing only happens like by the course of you know about about six thousand different twists of fate uh so to speak that that one can't plan you know so it's not like i'm like oh i'm gonna be the next julius caesar or something like that like that's how you get napoleons and that doesn't usually end well um but it is the kind of thing where it's like okay within within the realm of my community am i am i living a life that is noble am i living a life that is worthwhile see i don't think noble and worthwhile mean remembered I think there are plenty of people that have passed away in obscurity who have lived far better lives than you or I. Well, yes. More noble lives, we could say. But I think about I think about Achilles, you know. Achilles dies young and he gets the he gets the glory that he's looking for. And I've always I've always admired that part. I don't I don't love the the uh die young bit. But I understand it. I, I well, there, there is something about dying a hero that is preferable to dying in unfulfilled dreams. You either die a hero or you live long enough oh, to see yourself become a villain. Oh my goodness! It's right there. You're going to toss That's me that fair, softball. Fair, fair. Fine, fine. <laughs> I lobbed that one over the plate, and I didn't even mean to. And it's a 400 foot home run. Anyway. <clears throat> I do think it's interesting that you that that's something of desire to you. And I'll admit, I I like being known. I I seek respect among my friends. I don't want to be someone that's remembered. But at this stage of my life, like there's no way I'm being remembered beyond the next generation, right? I I, well, I mean, do you remember your grandfather or your great grandfather? Okay, I remember my great grandfather. You can at least go that mother's. far. One of my maybe at at least, but I only remember him because I knew him personally. Like I don't, and then and then I do have a couple of ancestors, like great 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 grandfathers, who I know of because of history books. Yeah, but like it's it's a single, it's maybe two sentences describes everything I know about them, right? And in another couple generations, those sentences won't even matter. Um, I think. What's more interesting is how do you live a life of obscurity, a life where no one remembers who you are in, in five, ten generations, whatever, however many generations. What's fascinating is that life still mattered, right? Yes, yes. I don't mean to hesitate over that. Um, there was a lot of hesitation. <laughs> well, well, I'm just thinking about it. I'm just realizing that that there, um, you and I both want to live, we could say a life of honor, right? An honorable life. Um, and, but, but the way that we see that playing out is, or, or the way that we see that playing, playing out in an ultimate sense is different. So I think we both want to live with honor to be honorable. And it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, um, for, for you to live with honor means 
regardless of what happens in your life, you know that you did the right thing and you are, you are doing right by the people around you. You're looking out for them. Um, and you may not be remembered, but, but you did what was required of you and you excelled at that. Ultimately. And and yes, that's not to say I don't want the respect. I don't want, that's not to say I don't want the, the, the honor that comes with achieving great things. I just think I haven't been placed in a time and place where that is achievable by me. So I think, and and if, if that time comes along, that's not to say I won't go for it. I won't shoot for it. Right. Right. I, it's just, I think there's such a huge piece of our lives that, that has to be, we have to be content and not apathetic. And maybe this is where cold baths come back in (laughs) is I find I struggle because I can be content to the point of apathy. Right. And then I something festers within me of like, man, I want more than this. You need your ambition. Right. So hitting those micro stressors in your life, hitting those things in your life that allow you to have something to, to work towards, I can go on a longer run. I can lift a little more weight. I can do, you know, this thing that is a great personal goal that allows me to then be content with where I am. I think that that strikes a big balance. So that's interesting. So I think that part of what I think about living, living honorably or living well, that if, if you're doing it right, if you're, if you're doing it with excellence, then, then I, in, in my worldview, I think you become the kind of person that people look to and you be, you become. Absolutely. I'm not saying you don't. Well, no, but I'm saying that as a result of that, as a result of that honor and work ethic and ambition and drive or whatever, and all those all those honorable things, whatever they are, as a result of that, I, my understanding is that you get put in places of prominence, places of um, respect, so to speak. And then the question is, what do you do with that, right? Because then yeah, yeah. you can go if back. If that happens. I don't right. think it necessarily will. I don't know how to argue for it, but I think. Well, well, I'll put, coming from the other so, side, I want to I want to accept what you're saying because I want to believe that the American dream of anybody can get after it, anybody can achieve the upper echelon, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, is true. Yeah, and on the one hand, I do. I like I I have those values, and I do work hard to achieve the next level. Right. Right. Um, I'm blessed to live in a in a place where that can happen. However, if, if I become so focused on that, I think I do lose something of the honorable man that I should be. Maybe that's the, what it is. Like The honor should not be the goal. But I think you are, right. or, or in other words, the, the, the goal shouldn't be, I'm doing this because I want to be Caesar. Right. And, and. I'm going to call myself out because I think maybe that's what I said. So I'm calling myself out on that. Um, but I do think that if you act in this way, you need to be ready because it, it may be that, that that sort of responsibility is going to show up at your doorstep and you need to be ready for it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. I think we're pretty much in agreement here. Um, 
we usually are. We just I don't, like I don't, I guess I don't really know. I'm trying to figure out where the disagreement is because maybe we're approaching it from different angles. Like we're, we're both definitely saying to whom much is given, much is expected. And we're also both saying that to be responsible in the large things, we have to be responsible in the small things. So do you go after, here, I guess this is it. Do you go after the next big thing? Or do you De- wait? Depends on what you mean by the next big thing. Uh, yes and no. Like, I go after the next big thing that's going to fulfill the duties that I have to my family and my community and to God. Right? Yeah. So if it falls within those boundaries, like, yeah, absolutely. Why not? But I I think anytime you start to sacrifice those things that I just mentioned for the favor of that status or the reputation, et cetera, or you desire that stuff and you're never able to be contented with where you have ended up or where you currently are, then I think I think one, you're 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 cutting short what you should be and you're not living honorably. Yeah. Which I think is probably one of my, one of my flaws is, it, or at least one of my temptations is ambition. I mean that's a, that's a thing that's pretty deeply at my core is, I I want to be, not necessarily. <laughs> that's funny. I just thought of something funny. I don't know how insulting this is, but if you have ambition, <laughs> why did you set yeah. out to be a teacher? just just being honest here like if you had ambition you should have gone and joined the army or something like literally well so politics anything other than a teacher well it's interesting so first of all i wanted to be in the i wanted to go into the army from a very young age but you know what kept me from the army what's that allergies oh yeah i can't i can't be in active service um so i started to look for other outlets um and for me, it came down to, and this actually does get back to the cold showers thing. For me, I, I think because I was so, I was, a, I was a very frightened child. It's a very frightened child. I could not make it through The Empire Strikes Back for 12 years. Really? Really. Until the age of 12, I could not wow. make it through that movie. Well, but, I mean, wait, you watched it? Wait, when did you first try to watch Empire Strikes Back? Uh, I was probably six. The first time I would think. Okay, I was older than you, but still, like, huh? So I had a really hard time as a child grasping the concept that sometimes in movies the good guys get captured, and like bad things happen to the good guys, um, and they still win in the end. So when Han Solo gets, sorry, spoilers for an ancient movie at this point. If you've so. never seen The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> You need to be listening to a different podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but uh, you know the scene where Han Solo gets gets captured and they're torturing him. Yeah, yeah. Before it's before the carbonite freeze. Um, I could I never even made it to the carbonite freeze because every time I got to the part where Han Solo got tortured, I had like an emotional breakdown. I would like run screaming from the room. Oh, multiple banjo. times. Poor little banjo. Poor little banjo. Because I was like, the bad guys got him. They win. How does it like? How is this okay? I, I couldn't process it. Um, and so I was I was very frightened as a child, very aware of good and evil um, and right and wrong. 
Um, and I ended up with this, this question of like, am I a coward or not? And all of the evidence seemed to point to yes, because I was running out of, I couldn't handle movies, scared of the dark. Uh, and I was just like generally afraid of things. And I was like, I can't live this way. I, this is not going to work out. Um, so then for me, probably about high, high school, right when I started running, I think, maybe middle school, I was like, I am, I was reading a lot of Teddy Roosevelt stuff, reading up on Teddy Roosevelt, big influence on me. Um, cause I was, he was, he was asthmatic and he just basically decided like, I'm not going to be asthmatic anymore. And he just worked his way out of it. And I was like, that is what I want to do. That is how I want to be. That is how I want to live my life. Um, it's pretty insane, really. Yeah, it's absurd. He goes on to be one of like probably the fittest president in American history. So you know, there's that. Depends um, on how you measure it, but yeah, okay. Yeah, um, he's the rough writer. I mean, he leads the charge up San Juan Hill. I mean, come on. Um, yeah, you can debate his uh, presidential policies, but that is, I mean, that is a man. That is, yeah, it's that someone is anyone would follow that. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's to me like, well, how did he get there? He decided to be that. He chose to be that thing. Um, and to me, these things like micro uh, micro stressors uh, or the little habits that we choose, it's okay. How do we, how do we choose to be that man? How do how do we choose to be excellent at at who we are and what we do? And and mm. most of all, to me, why would you settle for anything less? Why would you settle for anything less? If you can choose to be excellent, why not? Well, and if, why it's, not? if it's as simple as introducing some new habits into your life. Like the, I, I was watching some video the other day about, what was it? Don't remember exactly. But basically just like, look, people people promise, here's this new great plan that's going to change your life. Here's this mm -hmm. new great blah, 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 blah. And he's like, guys, like, no. Just introduce a few good habits into your life and stick to them. And over the course of weeks, months, years, they add up. You become a different person. Yeah. But I think, I mean, that's what we're trying to explore here. Are these What are these core habits that can be helpful to us? And maybe maybe cold showers isn't it in the long run. I don't know. I think it's one that's really good for now. I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. That Maybe not every day of the week, but I, I think a reasonable goal of like three times a week. And I... Stuff like that, like reading your Bible every day, reading, you know, whatever the exercise every day, getting up at the same time. I'm terrible at that one. That's a challenge we need to do, getting up at the same time every day. That's actually one I'm very good at. Really? Yeah. Well, I have to be because <clears throat> I'm a teacher. Okay, um, fine. I used to be good at it. I used to be good at it because I used to have cross-country practice every morning at 6 a.m. So yeah, that, well, that, like did, so that did it real fast. Anyway. But I mean, to your point, like we know the things that we need to do, right? Like, right. We, so why don't we do them? That's a big part of this, right? And and I think personal opinion, personal real, little rant that I'm going to get on. Um, folks can just skip ahead if they choose, but I'm going to go on it anyway. Uh, I think it's because we fail to recognize ourselves as individuals in modern America. I I think we think of ourselves as you've mentioned I, that before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is my hobby horse. I think we say I belong to this group. I believe your soapbox, as it were. I, yes, you might say. I belong to this group. I belong to this organization. I'm I'm this. I'm that. And and by playing these identity politic games, 
we sacrifice any of our individual choice and we sacrifice the responsibility that it is to be a human being. Like you have to make all of the choices that every human being has had to make since the beginning of time. You have to make those choices. Nobody else can make those choices for you. And you don't get out of it because you get to play some identity politic card. Okay. I'm going to get canceled now. That's fine. That's um, fine. If you're, if you're not getting canceled, you're kind of doing something wrong. You're, you're days, probably doing something like, wrong. You know, yeah. I, yeah. Anyway, I won't go to Canada. That's, that's just my, you will not fit in well. In Canada, <laughs> <laughs> Which is a shame. Cause I do like maple syrup. Hey, they have it in Maine. I mean, yeah. Like I want to go to Maine. Maine's cool. No, I do want to go to Maine. I want to go to I'm Maine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anybody in Maine. I actually do want to go to Maine. It looks like a lovely place. Anyway. Anyway. Back, you could get in some cold water there if you some wanted to. Some very cold water in Maine. Um, yeah. I just want to say, I think we've set the record for farthest afield in this episode. Perhaps. So kind of circling back around, though. I, this is definitely one I want to continue. Um, keep it as a habit in my life. Which, by the way, I heard, I don't know where I heard this, probably Art of Manliness. Guy saying, it counts as a habit if you do it three times a week. Right, that's a habit. Three times a week for how long? Your life. I don't yeah. know. Just in general. The point being, if you're doing it averaging three times a week, you've set a habit, really. Like yeah. you shouldn't be shortchanging yourself in that way. Because part of that is we set these lofty goals of we're going to do this thing every single day. And then we, we miss one day. Points. And it's like, well, there goes my 100 day streak. Okay, well, I'm done. No, right. okay. You can set more reasonable goals than that. Like right now, I have that's my running goal. That's my work. That's my. Uh, workout like general exercise goal yeah if i can do it three days a week then that's okay we're, we're good and it's surprising i end up doing it more than that because i set a reasonable goal weird how that works anyway it's almost like when you decide to do three dishes and you end up doing the whole sink well that there's like a, that's a whole that's a whole nother thing right there i heard other advice stuff about like um okay you don't have to work out in the morning but promise yourself you're going to at least put on your gym clothes. Yes. First thing when you wake up. And then you'll be like, well, I'm already in them. Might as well do a few push-ups. It's the little decisions. Or it's when I go on a run. I only ever tell myself I'm going to run one mile. I'm like, just one mile. I'm yep. going to at least get one mile in. Usually I end up doing three. Like, like oh, I'm feeling good. Maybe i go three. Maybe i go five. I don't know. I should probably train more intensely. I have a race coming up, but eh. The point being, circling back around, micro stressors in your life. Like when I go, when I go get in the cold water, it's two minutes. If I can make it two minutes, I'm golden. We should now. You know, just we're getting to the tail end of the episode, um, but I think I think it's worth mentioning. There is a difference between a micro, like looking for micro stress and masochism. You know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you or don't need just, to be go lying on beds of nails or anything. Or just cause, or causing yourself pain, you know, like like self harm or anything like that is, you know, that's not, that's not healthy. That's not micro stress. That's right. that's self abuse. Well, what's the know? intention, right? Like, if well, the I moment, mean, if the moment I'm getting out of that cold water, I feel amazing. I'm ready to go tackle everything. It's a different story, right? And yeah, in some ways, I I think it's I think it's even just like you know you you need to know the line, but you need to know the line between going towards a goal and hurting yourself, you know, and working towards something and hurting yourself. Cause even something as simple and innocuous as, as, as an ice bath, 
you know, if you insist on, well, I'm going to be the toughest person, I'm going to be the strongest person, and you stay in the water for 20 minutes and you get frostbite, you know, and, and, right, 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 you know, that's, that's different, you know, that's not healthy, you know, so I, I think the point of, of micro stress in your life is, is, is to, to build that, um, anti-fragile mindset right but uh, introduce a little uh a, a little stress into your system so that you're a little bit stronger but but not doing something that is that is actively harming and 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 evil for your system i think i think that goes back to the the title of our episode actually which we've barely talked about yeah. you know, we had a whole <laughs> section planned about that but yeah as you as you do that kind of the and you and you build that stress right you're kind of you're removing the old self that's a very christian concept right the old you're you're casting off the old self right and um taking off the old right you you literally are you you're dying to your sin is how scripture puts it right when it comes to these habits that form us as better men right our old self is dying off in a way and we're becoming someone new. It doesn't happen right. today. It doesn't happen tomorrow. It happens over the course of a very long time. That's sanctification in the spiritual sense, but in the physical sense, like you'll be a different person, which yeah. they're tied together. And there's some theology there that I'm, I don't know. We're pretty far into this episode, so I'm not going to go into, but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, it's getting late. We're recording I, this in the evening. We typically record in the morning, but we're recording in the evening. And so my brain is starting to, starting to fall apart here yep yeah we've 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 pushed this horse about as far as it can go any any farther places afield you want to crawl before we uh, not not tonight i think this is a fine place to end it (laughs) (laughs) i i think folks should uh start um giving us comments start giving us uh tell us what we're doing here we don't know what we're doing (laughs) (laughs) tell us Tell us the things that we need to be doing better at because, and that can be some micro stress for us. You know, nothing, nothing like a little heart attack in the morning reading the, uh, this is what I hated about, about his voice. That'll, that'll set you straight. Or I don't know. Something like that. Give us, give us some reason to, to improve. Give us some way that we can get better. We want to be the best podcast host we can be. Very good. On to the next challenge. As a reminder, challenges last for 10 days. That's Monday through Friday for two weeks. They are simple daily tasks to grow us as men. This one, very, very simple. Less stressful than getting your body into some cold water. We are reading the proverb of the day every day. Very simple. The concept is, from so there, there are 31 chapters in Proverbs. From the book of Proverbs. We're yes, not yes, sorry, about sorry, like- sorry. Like don't some, go out and buy a fortune cookie every day. Don't, and then, don't go be finding Sun Tzu as good as that is or <laughs> Confucius or whatever Proverbs you find. No, Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, uh, largely regarded to be written mostly by Solomon, etc. blah, blah, blah. 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. That fits very nicely into our calendar month, uh, where most months have 30 or 31 days. Um, 
so you read the chapter for the day that corresponds. So uh, we'll be starting this on Monday, the 11th. So you will read the 11th chapter of Proverbs. And the beautiful thing about this is if you miss a day, you don't have to go back and read the chapter that you missed. You just read the day that you pick up on, right? Um, and if, if it's the 30th, which we're not going to hit in this challenge, I don't think, you would just read 30 and 31 that same day, you know, move on. I have appreciated this. I've done this for a long time. I've appreciated it because I never feel like I have to catch up. I end up reading every chapter eventually. But if I miss a day, it's okay. I, you know, I'll come back around. The goal is consistency, right? You're in Proverbs regularly. You're soaking it up. Um, and you could do this with any book of the Bible. Proverbs is just one I chose, um, partially because it happens to align very nicely and other people have done it. Um, anyway, that's the challenge. Very straightforward. Any thoughts, Banjo, before we close out? No, I've uh, I've spent a little bit of time in Proverbs. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to going back through it again. Um, every time I read Proverbs, I find one proverb that is like, wow, that is just that makes a ton of sense. I I feel like I can put that immediately to use in my life. And I find 15 proverbs that I'm like, I have no idea what this is talking about, but it sounds like right. good advice. Um, and so I'm excited to see. Uh, this time through, how many, how many make sense to me and how many don't. And I'm going to see if there are ways that I can learn about the ones that I don't. So one thing I'll say then is, uh, as you go through it, how about we as hosts and other folks can, other folks can do this too. We just note down, like, is there a particular proverb that day that, that sticks out to us? Just a single verse. So on the 11th, is there, a, is there a single verse in the 11th chapter that sticks out to us that day? And then we can kind of come together at the end of the two weeks and see where we are in that. And maybe we can be putting them in the Discord as well if we want. And I think that'll yeah. be good. That sounds like a good strategy. Awesome. This has been the Forging Honor Podcast. Music and production is by Elliot George. For more information about what we do or to learn how to get involved, visit our website at forginghonor.com. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to like, subscribe, and give us a rating to bring others into the Forging Honor journey. On our website, you'll find information on how to do the challenges alongside us, as well as links to the many resources we mentioned in the show. And we do make a small amount for many purchases you make through our website link, so thank you in advance. Thanks for taking the time with us today. We hope you'll take up the work alongside us and join us in the task of forging honor. We'll see you next time.